Welcome to another edition of Having a Natter with uh, me, Simon Robinson, and I'm joined this week once again by uh, Imogen Templeman. Hello. And David Silito. Hello, everybody, with the everybody um, being somewhat optimistic. Yes. <laughs> and um, uh, we are talking this week about the case of Cassidy versus Iceland frozen foods. Limited. Now, who's I did last week? So, whose turn is it this week? Show off that you did last week. Oh yeah, big man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I believe it's my turn. So, uh, would you like me to go ahead and talk about the case? I love it. And just to let you know, I've just put some notes in a word document, which I'm going to get up in front of me. So, any faces you pull to try and put me off will not work. <laughs> so I won't be able to see them. <laughs> okay. So there. Um, I win, I think. Um, so Cassidy against Iceland Foods Limited. So this was a case um, of unfair dismissal in the employment tribunal uh, relating to uh, an Iceland worker who was dismissed for eating a Cadbury's twirl bar from a multi-pack on the shop floor. Um, Cadbury's twirl bars, very nice. Uh, anybody got any uh, more, more sort of favourite um, chocolate bars? I like Snickers and Topics. Snickers and Topics. Oh, um, I like Galaxy. The Galaxy bars are really good. Yeah, yeah, traditional. Do you know what? I like a, a Mars bar. You can't really go wrong with a Mars bar. Sometimes it feels a bit cliche to buy a Mars bar, but um, anyway, they are absolute classics. A Mars bar is good if you chop it up and stick it in um, Angel Delight. The, um, the uh, oh, what's the flavor of Angel Delight? The Butterscotch, Butterscotch. Angel Delight. Yeah. Yeah. That is awesome. Imogen, have you ever had Angel Delight? I don't even know what that is, but I'm lactose intolerant, so probably not. <laughs> you don't know what Angel Delight is? It, it's no. a dessert from the 80s that I think you can still get. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. well. What, like so Turkish you're Delight? You're missing out, Imogen. Nothing like Turkish Delight. Much nicer than Turkish Delight. I do not like Turkish Delight. Would you not? Know? I, I like Turkish Delight. Mm. Well, Fry's Turkish Delight is awesome. And, you know, the, like the Turkish Delight you get in the, in, the, in the round boxes if they still make that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It might yes. suppose to learn that wasn't part of my notes about the case. So, um, is, this actually, so, is this going in the webinar, this? <laughs> I think people would be absolutely devastated if this was not in the webinar. Right. Um, okay. by, by, by webinar, obviously, podcast. Let's, should we just talk about the case then? I mean, I think I think we've probably exhausted the. Um, you think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, Sharon Cassidy, the claimant in the case, had started working for Iceland as a part-time sales assistant in 2004. She worked in the Paisley store in Renfrewshire in Scotland. Um, on 12th of February 2019, uh, a duty manager um, uh, took over. Uh, and was tidying up the staff room and found a five pack of single wrapped twirls with only one in it. Uh, she asked another manager what she should do with it because it couldn't be discounted with there being less than 50% of product left. Um, it was established that it was uh, from a pack that was due to be reduced the night before, which had three twirls in it. And the bin was searched, 
two empty twirl wrappers were found, mystery fans. Uh, the manager then checked the CCTV cameras and noted that at 10.33 a.m., the claimant could be seen picking up the twirls, opening them, handing one to a child in a pram. She is then seen going around to the other side of the checkout, taking something, going under the checkout for a time, and when she stands back up, she appears to be eating something and putting something in her pocket. So she was suspended for alleged gross misconduct. Uh, the, um, the, that was phrased as the CTTV review, reviewed, showed burst packet of sweets, one given to customer and one consumed without payment. Now, during the disciplinary process, Mrs. Cassidy said that she believed the unopened pack of twirls belonged to another member of staff and argued that colleagues often ate each other's food. Um, it was uh, mentioned by the tribunal that a pack of five twirls costs a pound, meaning that one of the chocolate bars would have been worth um, 20p. Uh, of course, that wouldn't necessarily be relevant. You wouldn't be able to get off a charge of theft by saying that what you um, stole wasn't worth very much. But the tribunal heard the packet was to be reduced from the night before as it had burst open um, and there were three uh, left. Um, now, um, the actions of eating the chocolate bar and giving one to a customer's child were, uh, were accepted um, by the claimant. She said she thought that it belonged to um, uh, another member of staff. She said, we're always eating each other's food and it's not uncommon for sweets to be um, left at the tills. Um, she said that if she had uh, known the packet belonged to the store, she would have paid for it. And now there are a number of uh, allegations um, against the, the, the claimant. The store managed to um, satisfy the tribunal um, that Mrs. Cassidy had consumed the chocolate bar without paying for it. Uh, but the tribunal found that there wasn't proper investigation into um, all of the allegations, in particular whether her conduct amounted to um, theft. Uh, and the tribunal found that she was unfairly dismissed. Um, they said, Miss Cassidy argues there was no reasonable basis on which Iceland could have formed a belief that she knew the items in question were the property of the company and therefore um, guilty of theft. The item did not appear to be stock. The packet was open and sweets were missing from the packet. It had not been half priced. It was not on a shelf or a topper or hanging up with other stock. Uh, and the tribunal said it was not established that she knew the items were stock. And it was not reasonable to assume that she knew or ought to have known um, that, uh, that, that it was um, stock uh, and that uh, it didn't belong to uh, another colleague and that therefore eating it amounted to theft. Now she was awarded um, in total, uh, three thousand and ten pounds and seventy-eight pence. The recoupment provisions applied to that, meaning that she would have received one thousand six hundred ninety pounds and ninety-four pence after that recoupment proportion was repaid to the government. The value of the claim was relatively low because she got another job quite quickly after she was dismissed by Iceland. Um, albeit she didn't pass her probationary. Um, period, which meant that um, although she had ongoing losses, the respondent wasn't responsible for losses incurred um, as a result of her losing her job at her new place of work after not passing a probationary period. Um, 
the tribunal also found that there was, in their words, undoubtedly contributory fault here. Um, she knew that the policy was not to eat at the tills or on the shop floor, um, and that uh, if um, uh, somebody had purchased stock to eat, there should be a receipt uh, attached to it. Uh, the tribunal criticised the respondent for the policy not being as clear as it could have been, uh, not um, understood well by colleagues, um, uh, but in the circumstances, they found that the basic and compensatory awards um, should be reduced by 50%. So for me, uh, this demonstrates, I think, the, the importance of framing allegations um, uh, appropriately at the start and during uh, disciplinary proceedings and ensuring that as part of the investigation um, process, evidence, well, I suppose evidence both for and against those allegations as they've been framed is explored. If the employer at the end of the disciplinary process is going to um, uh, rely on a finding that somebody has um, committed gross misconduct or, or misconduct, um, then there needs to be, there needs to be evidence of that, that there can't just be evidence um, that, that takes you some part of the way uh, you've got to have regard to, to everything that the claimant says. And also, although we often say that, you know, we, we often sort of talk about a reasonable investigation um, and reasonable belief as uh, uh, sort of being, um, well, not, perhaps not quite as high a standard as you know, beyond all reasonable doubt in the criminal court. And that is undoubtedly true. But what looks reasonable to um, uh, the dismissing um, officer may well ultimately not look reasonable to the tribunal. So you've got to try and think about the allegation and the evidence from as many angles as possible um, to, to try and ensure that any dismissal is, is watertight and, and safe. Yeah, I think that's spot on. It's an interesting case, isn't it? Because you can see the attraction um, from the respondent's point of view in, um, in, in dismissing for gross misconduct because they need to hold these these high standards of um of a uh, preventing theft from stock so even if some people think well it was only a relatively cheap item as you rightly say that doesn't make any difference um but the lack of investigation has ultimately um come back to to bite them and if they'd had the investigation it may well have been they ended up in the same outcome but i suppose that's why it's a 50 percent reduction because the tribunal weren't satisfied that they would have definitely ended up with the same outcome yeah it reminds me of a, a case that a colleague of mine dealt with many years ago about a guy who worked in a stock room um i think it was in a supermarket but he, he just worked in the warehouse or stock room um and he was seen putting a mars bar down the back of his trousers and then wandering up an aisle between uh, sets of shelves um, for no uh, apparent reason and then um, em emerging. You couldn't see him eat the Mars bar, but uh, the, the conclusion was, I think, reasonably drawn that he did in that Mars bar and got up there in order to, to eat it. And yeah. I do remember thinking at the time that this is the kind of glamorous case that I envisaged doing when I uh, decided <laughs> to become a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's one of it's one of those cases where you can almost see where the employee thinks, well, it's only, it's only a Mars bar, 
I'm completely missing the point that it's not. It's about trust and confidence and, and honesty and and all of that good stuff. So it, it, there, there is no legal limit where it's not theft below X and over X it becomes it becomes theft or, or dismissible. And that's a good lesson, I think, for employees, but also for employers. It's making sure that you, you conduct a reasonable investigation, listen to what the employee is saying, and then assess the credibility based on your knowledge of the internal procedures and what other witnesses say. So um, I think that's a very useful case for investigating officers and for employees. Imogen, do you have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think it reinforces the need to have clear policies. I think the main issue they encountered was that some employees was obviously eating on the shop floor, they was eating at tills, they was leaving food for each other from the employee's account. So they need to stamp that out because obviously if they don't know what's stock and what's not and it's 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 complicating their procedures yeah 100 percent, absolutely well um thank you for that Imogen and Dave thanks very much for your uh analysis of the case I'm sure everyone appreciates it um as, as you rightly say though the one person who listens to this probably appreciates it um so the best we can hope for so there you go so all right well thank you um both and we shall have another session um, another session, sorry, another podcast um, next week. All right, everyone, thank you much for, for tuning in and a, a bye-bye. Bye. Bye.